Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers back. Podcast. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it more time. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers. Don't look at me like that. Stop. <laughs> I know. Dude, we got to put these in bloopers. I know, after. I know. You just spit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my all right, god. Okay, all right. okay. All right, take four. Okay. <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know why, why are we like this? What's happening? Oh man, dude. Okay, all right, all right. All Hold right. up. All right. Okay. Come on. Come on. Okay. All right. all right. Let's roll. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel. And we have a great episode for you today with the NHL on TNT broadcaster, Kenny Albert. And Cody, before we get into anything, I know you want to rip on Mets fans for the Yankee two-game sweep, so I'm just going to hand it right over to you to let you do your thing. Hello. Um, no, I actually don't <laughs> want to rip on them at all. Um, Hello. <laughs> I don't want to rip on them at all. I'm I'm just happy the Yankees snapped out of their two month funk where they were playing atrocious baseball and they're seeming to get in a groove now, which is going to be huge down the stretch in this last month. Obviously, the Mets were playing a lot better baseball, so these two back to back wins is big, you know, and just build on that. And we're a little injured right now, but hopefully, we're going to get Stanton back this week, and then um, that guy Harrison Bader next week or or two weeks, and then you know we have four or five pitchers on the IL. So hopefully we get those guys back and then we're ready to rock. But yeah, both teams are good, man. I'm, I'm not even going to talk shit. Both teams are good. And there's that many games left, right? There's like a no, little more it, than it, 10 it, maybe. Yeah. The league, the league always ends the first week in October. So like uh, the first weekend. So like October 2nd or something. Wow. It's really wrapping up here. And then we're what, like a week, a week away from week one of NFL. Uh, yeah, September 11th, or I, I guess if there's a Thursday game, there's probably September, a Thursday. Yeah. So September 8th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, it's really going by fast, man. Like flying. This is nuts. Like we're in September pretty much on Thursday. You know, it's, it's summer's done and it's, it sucks. It really sucks. Once, once Labor Day hits, that's when you're like, damn, all right, summer's, summer's out of here. It, it's, I mean, like it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like I love summer and all, but by the time like mid August rolls around, you're like, kind of like all right i'm ready for you know fall football pumpkin spice lattes the whole mm-hmm. works but um you know i love wearing like fall clothes like sweatshirts Same. come out again and stuff so it's it's all good all good things Same. i just restocked on some winter clothes last night with my mom she took me to the mall because i have to get too, all my winter clothes i, I bought them myself because i am an adult well your house didn't burn down i'm sorry what was that your house Are didn't you, burn down well you cried that. wolf yeah, I feel bad oh, for me. Don't be sad. I, I feel bad for you. You feel want me, bad you want for me. me. You want me to send you a sweatshirt? Give me sympathy. No, but AJ and Alex can send me a sweatshirt. That'd be nice. Smiley but face hoodie. Let's transition into something you were excited about also. I don't even know what it's called, but the Game of Thrones came back, I guess. Yeah, did you like actually not watch? No. Yeah, all right. So you have issues. <laughs> um, 
I thought it was pretty good. Uh, no spoilers here. I'm not for anybody who didn't watch, but um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You know, you got it. I mean, Game of Thrones was like the greatest show of all time until the last two seasons, and they kind of ruined it. You had to kind of assume that they were going to be really cautious with this one. So, like, the premiere was a little like not dangerous. You know what I mean? They like kind of played it safe. But it was, on all, like a really solid premiere, I thought. And I think it's something that they can definitely build on. And I hope the show gets better. Um, and I hope it's good. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it for sure. Do you have to watch no. Game of Thrones to understand this? Because it's a no. prequel, right? Yeah, you don't. You could you could watch it tonight and be like, oh, I loved it. Like, really? you, you, you don't. Yeah, you don't need to watch it. Like, would Game of Thrones help? Like, yeah, sure. Because the, the families, like the main families, like... Uh-huh you'll hear their names and you're like, Oh my God, it's it. But like, if, if you never watched, you wouldn't know. So like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Want to hear a funny story. I would love to. Uh, my like high school friend group chat was talking about it. And one of my friends was like, you're, you're so basic. If you've never tried watching game of Thrones, like you want to be different if you've never tried it. And one of my friends was like, maybe I'm just not interested in dragons and fairies. And then they like replied to that kid saying, dude, you literally play clash of clans all the time. <laughs> like, that stupid game. I don't that's know. Amazing. Like, There's also no fairies in game of Thrones. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I tried it. I just, I just didn't like it. Like I just, no, got bored. I, I want you, I want you to watch house of the dragon. Just watch mm-hmm. episode one tonight. You have nothing else you're doing. I know you I actually am doing something. No, tonight, you're not. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the world juniors a little bit? Did yeah, you watch the gold uh, medal game? Canada, Canada won. No, I did not watch. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't watch, but obviously Canada won. Um, I did see that McTavish yeah, save, was which was like, dude, he is going to be a, a hell of a hell of a player. I mean, mm-hmm. that save was just unreal. For those who who didn't see or didn't watch, McTavish made like a crazy stop and saved the goal to like stop. Finland like the puck was out of mid, like, the, literally knocked it out of midair going into the net. Yeah. Like they had their hands up celebrating already. That was like a fox type play, something out of yeah. fox. Yeah, literally. Like. But um, but yeah, no. So Canada won. Obviously, props to um, Cooley, Othman, and uh, who, who's the other one? Garand, our, our goalie, Garand. Yeah, yeah. So Garand. Props to them. And um, other hockey news. I called this like six months ago and you called my bluff and now here it is. The world cup of hockey is coming back, baby. 2024. Um, it's going to be absolutely electric. I can't wait to see kind of how they change it because we haven't seen it in eight years at that yeah, point, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be sick. It's interesting to think about who the young guns will be on team North America. If they do like the again. U 23. Well, because the yeah, Freddie like- air, He'll be under 23, right? He'll just be 23. He'll be 20. Like, yeah, he'll be like 22 or 23, I think. Yeah, so Lafreniere will what, be on that team. 20 now? Yeah, no, I think he – is he 20 or is he 21 now? Um, yeah, no, I don't I think, think he's 21. He's, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's 20. So, yeah, he'll be he'll be at 22 or turning 23 or have, like, just turned 23. So, I'm sure he'll be on that team. But Darks, Lepkowski, Shane Wright, like, all these guys that are yeah, getting drafted gonna now be, are probably yeah. be on that team. Othman? Uh-huh. He'll probably be on so, that team. Yeah, I mean, if he lights it up, he, he could be on that team. But uh, McTavish, I'm sure, some of these guys. So, yeah, that's going to be crazy to see because some of those guys will be, like, stars then, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like, in the NHL. So, it's just going to be um, kind of a crazy sight to see. And, like, Zegris will be on that team. He'll be 23 years old. So, he might be captain for all we know. I can't believe he's on the cover of NHL 23. Is that a lock? Yeah. I think. It oh, was I thought it was today. It got confirmed yeah, today. So. Pretty oh, sure. Okay, because I because I saw like 
I thought I wasn't Igor like a finalist too. No, that was just the Blue York guys making oh. the graphic. Mm, that's why. Yeah, I saw yeah. theirs. No, Damn there's you, AJ and Alex. Um, yeah, this is cool. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, what else do we got here? We do have some fan questions we can get into. Three good ones. You guys have been asking great questions. We appreciate it because it's obviously far, uh, hard to find some things to talk about right now, um, you know, in August, you know, with not much going on. But the first question we got was from Sharona904. What do you think the Rangers' chances are to get as far in the playoffs as this past season? Hmm. That I feel like we've talked about that a bunch. That's a great question. Um, to get as far, I want them to get farther. If I'm being honest, well, yeah, I, 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 I want. I for it's sure not about what you want; it's about what you think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they can get farther. I think they made the right moves. They got Trocheck. They named the captain. They got Carpenter, who's going to be, you know, a nice addition on that fourth line. And I do think if Lafreniere, like, is it's always and will be for the next two, three years, going to be contingent on the kids, right? Mm-hmm. If Lafreniere, if Hedl whatever happens with him. And if Kako, if those three, like even Kravtsov, like if you get two of those four guys take a massive step and become like staples on this team, I'm talking about, you know, 40, 50, 60 point guys. If we get two of those guys to take that step, I don't see why not. Like, why can't it be the Rangers to not only get to the Eastern conference finals, but to win the whole damn thing. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I think it's going to be a, you know, whatchamacallit, uh, a year of regression. I, why? If I had to make a three prediction, bullet three bullet points, why? Yeah. I just don't think these, like, next men up right now are going to Horrible answer, next. <laughs> um, well, I, I just happen to think that the Eastern Conference is so strong. It's and very possible. It's very possible they might regre- regress, and I'm not saying they won't, yeah. but I'm saying I also can see the other side of, of course. you know, I see, the coin I see here where, sides. yeah, where, why, why can't it be them? Why you know, so many people are counting them off now to like regress because they had such a good year last year. But all right, so what if they build on that and become even better? You know what I mean? So like, it, it's I'm, kind I'm of not. A, I'm not saying they can't. I'm God just saying, damn it, Johnny. You know, we're um, sitting here August what twenty fourth. We're recording this on Wednesday. Dreaming about the Rangers. Dreaming about the Rangers, and I, I'm just saying right now on August twenty fourth, and I'm sure my mind will change as the year goes on because it did last year. But right now, I, I think if I had to make a prediction. I think the Rangers are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. And that's, and that's not like me being a, a pessimist or me trying to like give a hot take. That's just like my genuine thought because dude, they didn't really deserve to win either round in the first two rounds last year. They didn't, they didn't really play. They didn't deserve to beat Carolina. I, I don't, I don't You're think crazy. they really deserve to beat Carolina. Like did, did they perform when they had to? Yes. But did they outplay Carolina the entire series? No, I think the one factor that really set Carolina back in that series was their power play. They scored like they, they scored more shorthanded goals than power play goals in that series. And yes, you can credit the Rangers penalty kill in that regard. But in the same breath, like, you know, Carolina didn't play as good as they were. Um, well, I guess so. I guess, you know, maybe the Rangers, sure, but, but the same exact thing could be said about the Rangers against the Penguins. The Rangers didn't play as good as they were. The rain, everybody was saying the Rangers were going to win in five. So, like, yeah. you could you could look at it either way. But I think um, the Penguins um, were the better team. They were the better team in, in, in almost in every series. Game. I mean, in almost every game, I'm going to disagree. I mean, Igor I'm just stood di- on his head. Toward yeah. The back I end. mean, I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I could see, I could mm-hmm. see the argument for it, but that being said, uh, disagree again, because Rangers are winning the cup. I already threw a hundred dollars on them. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lock, um, Unbiased. but, 
you know, so if you want to uh, shit on Johnny and not me, just remember who, uh, you know, who, who supports the boys always. Rangers by a million. Next. And the next question is from <laughs> Tyler Jacob P. Thoughts on Milwaukee as the next expansion team? Wow. I'm, I'm going to let you hit that one first. That's a good So question. I think it's a great – I mean, listen, I think Milwaukee is an amazing sports city. They have the Brewers. They got the Bucks, And the Bucks won the NBA championship two years ago, and the city was electric during that run. I think they called it like deer country with everyone outside watching games. And obviously I'm a college mm-hmm. hockey fan, and, you know, the University of Wisconsin, I know it's in Madison, but they played a game in Milwaukee this past year. I think it's PfizerForum.tv Arena or something like that. I don't know the exact name, but that game was sick. Wisconsin had a really strong turnout. They actually won the game in a shootout. I think they came back from down to nothing, and the, and the place wasn't necessarily packed, but there was a good enough crowd. You know, people will travel to watch hockey, and Wisconsin is a state of hockey. They have a lot of junior hockey. They have um, college hockey, obviously, like I said, and team Wisconsin and youth hockey. So I, I think it's a great spot. I mean, obviously, it's not the biggest city in the United States, but as far as the love for the game goes, I would say Milwaukee should be right up there. And it is a college town. I think Marquette is right there. So there's a lot of fun college bars. You can get some, you know, fun outside arena kind of things going around the team. So I, I think Milwaukee would be a really cool spot. And, you know, I don't see it not happening. Okay. So I'm going to disagree again. <laughs> and I have five cities off the bat that I think mm-hmm. would all be a better fit for a franchise in terms of expansion. Houston, fourth biggest population in the world. Uh, San Diego, massive, San Diego? massive population. They have a team. I though. know, obviously, the Florida Panthers, but what about Miami, um, New Orleans, and Portland? Portland would be interesting. I so, think Portland would be a good one. on that. But um, San Diego, dude, I don't think San Diego is a good spot for an NHL team at all. I don't know. I think it could be interesting, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, but I feel like San Diego is like the same thing as Milwaukee. It's like kind of just one of those what? cities. What do you mean? What dude, San Diego is not at all the same thing as Milwaukee. People Why say not? San Diego is heaven on earth. When you're, when you're in San Diego, you don't want to go to a hockey game. I mean, you could say that about literally any warm hockey city ever. Like, what do you mean? Not a lot of them really go to fans, Florida Panthers games and they're like, yeah, let's no one, no one goes, no one goes. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> all right, fine. If you want to scratch San Diego, that's fine. But I think that New Orleans, Portland, I think those are for, sh- and Houston are three better cities than Milwaukee. I, I agree. I think those are way better sports towns. San Diego isn't really like, I don't think of San Diego. What, what do they have? The Padres? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, fine. So scratch. You're just San naming Diego, big cities. No, I mean, there's a million big cities I can name yeah. if you want me to. What about San Antonio? <laughs> we could go, we could hit all the Texas areas if you yeah. need me to. No, I, I think Houston would be a sick spot also. I mean, yeah. Dallas, Dallas gets a great, crowd. I mean, New Orleans would be crazy. Like New Orleans mm-hmm. would be crazy. No. Yeah. I, I've actually never been, so I don't really know. Oh, dude, it. it is heaven on earth. Are you just copying what I said? Yeah, that's why I'm giggling. <laughs> um, um, great question though. I, I yeah, think we should go. Very good. Very good one. question. Yeah. This is from Sorkin Matthew. What player Ooh. does Brennan Othman remind you of? I said Lucic. Let me know. That's if a that's good far one. Off. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. Um, Wow. That's a tough question because he's unique because he's a 50 goal scorer right now, obviously in the AHL or OHL. Sorry. Um, but also he's a big guy. He's like six foot and he likes to fight. He isn't a pushover. So I think Lucic is a great one. A few other guys who come to mind is, I mean, Matthew Kachuk. I know we say him about basically everything. He's just a perfect specimen hockey player. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But another guy who I'm, who I actually think might be the, possibly the best Othman 
example, Tyler Bertuzzi. Interesting. That is a good one. I didn't even think of him. Six foot, same height. Yeah. 30 goal scorer, fights, physical guy, and a good hockey player. Yeah. No, that's that's a good comparison. I, I want to throw you on the spot because I have one written down. Do you have a former Ranger or current Ranger that you compare him to? Former Ranger? Well, well, is the one you're thinking of former or current? Mine's former. Okay. I hope you're not thinking I hope you're not thinking to say Rick Nash, but no, um, no, 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 no. Okay. not even close. Not even close. Okay. Um former or current I definitely I don't think he's like a current ranger we have on our team. Um if I'm being honest, the only other guy who's like the closest to him is probably Kreider. If I had if I had to say somebody. To stretch. Like, I mean I mean, is it? He's a big goal scorer, he's a big guy, he takes no shit from no one and he plays the wing. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's maybe their, maybe their skating's different, but not a stretch. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, who, who are you thinking? I had three names written down two three. current players and one, I had two current players and one, uh, former Ranger. I had Matthew Kachuk as well. It's a good do one. The, do the current players and then do the Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. And then this might be like a shot in the dark, but I had Braden Shen. Braden Shen. Um, yeah, I, I I think Braden Shen is is a Braden dude. Have you seen Braden Shen play? He's yeah, a he's a he's a beast. Like often he could. I think he had twenty five goals two seasons ago. He could, like he could score. He could play physical. He fights. Similar thing to Matthew Kachuk. Um, I, I would you say, say something. What before you say something about the current Ranger? Is he still in the league right now? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Why? Who do you want to guess? I'll give you three guesses. Oh, okay. Okay. He played on the Rangers from like. 07 to 2015. Oh my God. I mean, okay. So he played on them for that. That's long. a pretty good hint. It, 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 is, it is. It is. Sean Avery. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. Well, I was going to say a guy who, who's still in the league who like, I mean, I know it's a different position, but like kind of Kevin Hayes, but like maybe not. Um, I give off a, a better skater. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, okay. I hope you're thinking of like a, are you gonna say like Jury? No, no, no. Okay. No. Um, fuck, man. I don't know. Um, Doobie. Like, I, I yeah. Don't know. Brandon Dubinsky. That's exactly yeah. what I had. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think that's similar? I, I think Dubinsky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Doobie was a great player, and uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one too. I, yeah. I like. I do like Tyler Bertuzzi better. I think he's like pretty spot on with Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. If if he becomes that type of player, like at the NHL level. But yeah, I think Dubinsky is a great, you know, a guy who's, who's reliable and was a good player. The only thing with Dubinsky oh is he God, was your dog. What? I don't know. I saw him just screamed. Screamed. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't hear that. Nope. Oh, sorry. Continue. Um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I think, I think Othman has way more offensive potential than Dubinsky had, but I, I, agree. I do, I do see the similarities. So that's a good. That one. was the one downfall, but, as far as just like style wise, I thought it was pretty similar. I mean, I would say Offman's way more skilled, but yeah. just that grit, skating, and, and physicality, I would compare him a lot to Dubinsky. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool. But that's all that we got for fan questions. There's one more thing that you and I have to settle the bet between the Devils and the Ducks. Which team does better mm. this year? Okay. So we just want everyone to be a witness. I'm betting Cody $50 that the okay. New Jersey Devils finish with more points than the Anaheim Ducks this season. More points than the Ducks. Yeah, you're on. And we can make that a poll on our Instagram and see what people think if they'll take my side or your side. That's fine. But you, but, the the disrespect you give to Vetrano and Strom is pathetic. <laughs> They're not Rangers anymore. I can care less about them. But I think that wraps it up for our ah, intro. Frank. We should send it over to Kenny Albert. 
Let's do it. This week on the Blue Crew, we're very happy to welcome on a recurring guest and a good friend of the show, a good friend of mine, a man who needs no introduction from TNT, Kenny Albert. Kenny, what's going on? Great to be with you guys, Johnny, Cody. Hope you've had a great summer and uh, can't wait for hockey to get started in a couple of weeks. Likewise. We're definitely ready for summer to be over. I'm all summered out. Football's right around the corner. Are you excited to get back to work? I mean, you're a guy who always stays busy, so I imagine you're ready to get back at it. Well, it's actually been a somewhat of a quiet summer, which has been nice to get a little bit of relaxation, but uh, already have worked two preseason NFL games, have another one coming up this Saturday, and then uh, we'll get underway with the regular season in a couple of weeks. So speaking of football, Kenny, uh, how do you think the Jets and Giants will fare this year? And do you think either team can surprise? I think so. Um, I like both coaching staffs. Um, I usually try to stay away from predictions because A, I'm yeah. never right. B, I have to call them. <laughs> but uh, just paying attention to the preseason training camp, I think they're certainly uh, both headed in the right direction for sure. And by the way, Giants head coach Brian Dable is a huge hockey fan. Yep. He grew up. He was born in Canada, grew yep. up in the Buffalo area. And if you can see this all-star jersey that I have behind me, it might be blocked by the Lundquist uh, banner, but that's an old NHL all-star jersey. And we did a Zoom with Ryan Dayball last year prior to a Bills game. He was their offensive coordinator. First thing he said to me, is that a Wales or a Campbell conference? So he showed his uh, prior hockey knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh, he was following that's it awesome. pretty quickly back in the 80s and 90s. I actually wow. want to tell a quick story, too, while we're on the football topic. The first ever like cool text I got from you, Kenny, was I don't know if you remember this. We had you on my old podcast, The Locker Room, and it was it's like not day- to all the non-cool texts that I sent you. No, you sent me a lot of cool ones, but this one was like <laughs> for me, it was just like, whoa, like I can't believe this is happening. It was the day of the NFL draft, and I told you that I placed a bet on Tua to go fifth overall to the Dolphins. And before I even I didn't even watch the draft, and you texted me, Tua in all caps, and I was like, No way, I hit the bet. Like Kenny told me. I thought it was such a cool story. Well, I had no prior knowledge on that, so you got pretty lucky with that one. <laughs> but yeah, away awesome. from away from football a little bit into hockey, you know, you've been in the game for so long for so many different networks. This year, you know, as a fan, it felt very different with you being on TNT. I'm sure it felt different for you, you know, covering the game on TNT. But was there a specific moment for you where you felt like, wow, this broadcast, this coverage is just truly different than what we've done in the past? Well, I was so fortunate to be involved with NBC for about 12 years, and uh, NBC did an unbelievable job. I'm a little biased because I worked there, but uh, they were the first network in the United States to put every playoff game uh, on television. That had never happened before. Uh, The introduction of the the between-the-glass position, uh, the introduction of the outdoor game. So, you know, people shouldn't forget that NBC did an unbelievable job uh, with the, you know, best play-by-play announcers and color analysts, and uh, I think this first season with TNT, you know, our uh, our motive was to raise the bar even higher. And uh, for me personally, it didn't feel too much different because I was working with so many of the same people uh, that I had worked with through the years at NBC, whether it was Eddie Olchek, Keith Jones, our producer. Brown. Um, so, so it didn't feel that much different for us as far as calling the games. Now, there were certainly – elements that TNT added. Uh, I thought they did a great job putting together the pregame show crew. And uh, there was a lot of interaction uh, between us at the games and the pregame show uh, crew, which is very cool. They were with us during the playoffs in the, in the conference final Colorado Edmonton. And uh, that was a lot of fun to be hanging around with, with Wayne Gretzky and Rick Tockett, Anson Carter, Paul Bissonette uh, and Liam McHugh for two weeks. 
and we also did the three outdoor games, uh, which was new for me, at least on the, on the TV side. I had only done one uh, on television. That was in Colorado Springs a couple of years ago. I did a bunch of outdoor games on radio. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, TNT treated those games as you know, Stanley Cup finals or Super Bowls with the amount of equipment and cameras they brought in. Uh, we were in Minneapolis for the Winter Classic and then uh, Nashville for the Stadium Series in February and then in March up in Hamilton uh, for the game between the Sabres and the Leafs and Wayne Gretzky was in the booth with us for that one. So uh, TNT is certainly not afraid to try new things, you know, whether it's Wayne mm-hmm. in the booth or traveling uh, the pre and post game show guys. So I uh, can't get, uh, uh, can't wait to get started for year two. And uh, this year we'll, we'll take it all the way through the Stanley cup final. Yeah. That's, yeah I know we're excited great. for that also with the final. It's going to be so sick. So cool. You've called a lot of great games in your career, but what would you say is, I guess your favorite hockey game you've ever called. And then your favorite game of any sport you've ever called. Well, Cody, I get that question often. It's hard to narrow it down to just one or two in hockey. I would have to go back to the 94 Stanley Cup final game seven. I was calling it on yeah. NHL radio, uh, the national radio broadcast, along with Sherry Ross. So when the Rangers finally won the cup for the first time in 54 years, I was on the call for that one. Uh, I was so hoping you'd say Ranger, that. So many Ranger playoff games through the years, all the game seven wins with Henrik Lundqvist, uh, the triple overtime game, Marion Gabrick down in Washington. Uh, the women's gold medal game in 2018 at the Olympics in Pyeongchang when the U.S. beat Canada in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021, I called the Stanley Cup final on TV for the first time uh, down in Tampa for NBC. The Lightning uh, beat Montreal, of course, in that one in game five. So um, it, it's a pretty long list. Um, in the other sports, in baseball, I called the Bautista uh, home run and bat flip, which I got asked about a lot in 2015. Yeah, that's a good one. That's your signature, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's funny. I get asked about that one more often than, than any other game that I worked yeah. and I probably work fewer baseball games than the other three sports. But, uh-huh. uh, that was a moment that, that certainly stands out. Um, in football, there are so many, I've worked over 450 NFL games, five playoff games. Uh, the Victor Cruz 99 yard touchdown pass from Eli Manning for Giants. Oh yeah. That was back a classic. 2011, uh, some terrific playoff games, the 49ers and saints back in January, 2012, there were, four touchdowns scored in the last four minutes. Then, then there were some moments, you know, not necessarily the full game, but uh, I worked the game when Terrell Owens stomped on the Cowboys star after wow. scoring a touchdown, which is a memorable moment. Uh, Michael Vick's 46 yard uh, touchdown running overtime up in Minnesota, zigzagging his way through the field and then running out the tunnel. Uh, I'm writing a book guys. It's almost, it's due next oh, week. No let's, way. Let's hear it. A lot of these moments are chronicled. Uh, I'm scrambling to get it done, and it's due September 1st. It'll be out about a year from now. But um, I talk about a lot of these big games and, and favorite moments uh, in the book as well. That's amazing. Yeah, that's unreal. I, I actually, uh, you know, it's funny. I kind of tell my friends I haven't read a book in like 10 years, but I guess I might have to come out of retirement. I expect you, I expect you to flip through this one. <laughs> I will have to. Lots of stories you'll enjoy. I'll have to note, autograph though. two copies for us. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely want. I'll put a copy up on the wall behind me. Same. But there you go, Kenny. I know you've told a lot of those stories before that you just mentioned. But is there a specific story that you have that you're not often asked about? Because I've listened, you know, obviously to a lot of your interviews, and I know you talk about rooming with Barry Trotz, and and you know that's probably one of your most popular questions. But is there something that you're never really asked that you like talking about? A topic that a lot of people wouldn't know about, uh, which I 
chronicle in the book is the fact that I was born three months premature. I was one pound, 15 ounces. Wow. I was born and I went down to one eight. Whoa. First two and a half months in an incubator and the doctors weren't so sure that I would survive. So uh, that, that's a story that I tell in the book. Uh, you mentioned rooming with Barry Trotz when I was hired to call the Baltimore Skipjacks games back in 1990 in the American Hockey League and had an unbelievable two years there. It was such a great learning experience calling the games and working in the team office and really doing anything that was needed, whether it was selling advertising, working in public relations. I learned so much about the business. Um, but there's a story that, that I have told on numerous occasions yeah. and Barry has as well. Um, it was a fake arrest, a practical joke that was set up. I was the victim. Uh, back <laughs> in 92. So once a year we would fly up to the Maritimes in Canada, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick to play six or eight games up there against the, the three or four teams that were located uh, in Halifax and Sydney and Moncton and a couple of other cities in the Maritimes. So earlier in the season, I had taped an interview with Barry. So I, I was about 23, 24 at the time. He was 28 or 29. And we were roommates on the road for two years to save money at that level. Uh -huh. uh, you know, you guys know all about this. They put the radio guy with the assistant coach. So Barry right. Trotz, my roommate. And I did a radio interview with him earlier in the season. And he flubbed a couple of words. It came out funny, whatever the subject <laughs> matter was. And I, I didn't use it on the air, but. I made the mistake of playing it for some of the players on the team bus after the game. Mm -hmm. Word got back to Barry and uh, he said, I'll get you back for that. And sure enough, about four months later, uh, we fly all day from Baltimore to Boston, to Halifax, to Sydney, Nova Scotia, three different connections. And we land in this small airport. We go down the, the steps of the plane on the tarmac and this gentleman at the bottom with a clipboard, my name's on it. And he says to me, is this you? So I thought, he wanted me to come with him to identify some of the hockey equipment and <laughs> luggage uh, because we were told that all the luggage wouldn't make it onto the flight. It was such a small plane. So I thought maybe he wanted to know what my luggage looked like. So when it got there the next day, they can send it over to the hotel. But that wasn't the case. They, they put me in a, an unmarked car. I knew I wasn't being kidnapped. There, was, there were computers up front, and I could tell it was an official type police car. And there were two gentlemen, two older gentlemen in, in the front, and they start driving and asking me all these questions. Have you ever been arrested? Do you know anyone who's in trouble? Is your passport valid? Uh, was there anything in your luggage illegal? And I knew I hadn't done anything, but I couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh -huh. And after about 15 minutes, they pulled up to what I figured out was the team hotel. And they, they filled me in. They clued me in that it was a practical joke set up by Barry Trotz. And uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Folks that worked for the Capitals and the Skipjacks. So. That's a story that has has uh, uh, lived for 30 years now. And uh, whenever I see Barry, he always likes to entertain whoever else is in the area and mm. come in on uh, what he set up back in 1992. Are you much of a prankster yourself or no? I feel like you're not a prank guy at all. Um, you know, I guess within our group, you know, with football, we travel with the same people for 17 weeks, 18 mm. weeks. We're together Friday through Sunday. So there's a lot of I, I think it's more verbal. There's a lot of verbal mm -hmm. choking that goes on, um, you know, than what than what took place uh, with me back 30 years ago. Yeah, I don't see you getting the cops involved or anything like that. <laughs> no, but verbally, uh, verbally, uh, you know, I'll certainly uh, send some shots back and forth with my colleagues. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, all right, I wanted to transition a little bit to the Rangers. Um, they obviously just recently named Jacob Truba captain after 
what felt like an eternity for most fans. Um, do you think the Rangers naming Truba captain was the right call? And could he be the next guy and the right leader here to help this team win its fifth cup? Yeah, I think it was a great choice from talking to people within the organization who are in and around the locker room for six months, you know, during the season. Uh, they all told me that this was the perfect choice. And there were a number of reasons why, um, you know, not only the leadership that he provides on the ice and in the locker room, but some of the little things, whenever a new player comes to town, either as a free agent or as a trade acquisition, Jacob Trubo over the last few years has been the guy to serve as the welcoming committee. Barkley mm-hmm. Goodwill is an example, took him around the city and filled him in on what it would be like living and playing in New York. Um, there are stories about the team meeting he called prior to game five of the Pittsburgh series in the first round this past year. They were down 3-1, had given up seven goals in games three and four, and apparently he called a team meeting at the hotel on the off day uh, that players and coaches point to as a big reason why they were able to move their focus ahead and, and bounce back. So uh, people I trust within the organization, I'm not in the locker room, but uh, many people that I trust tell me that this was the right choice for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Johnny and I have been going back and forth on it over you know the past year uh-huh. with him, Kreider, uh, Mika, and and all these other guys. But I, I, you know, nothing against those guys; they have a yeah. tremendous leadership group. Uh, what was it? Six different players wore the A's last year. Yep. Uh, the two you mentioned and uh, Strong, and Adam Fox and Goodrow. So. Um, they're all great leaders. And, and I, it sounds like, you know, from listening to Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant, that even though they have one specific captain this year, that leadership group uh, will still be very important. Yeah. Cody thought Lafreniere was going to be captain. <laughs> I was holding out hope. I was holding you know, out if, hope. If he were, he would, he would take over from my partner, Dave Maloney, as the youngest captain in Ranger history. Yeah. Because Dave still holds that honor. He was named captain in 1978. I think he was 21. And mm-hmm. they went on to play in the Stanley Cup final that next season. Yeah, well, I don't see it happening. <laughs> no, well, clearly, it's not going to happen now. But maybe, I, I, maybe he's the next one. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'll be a little older right. than twenty-one, I think, if that ever does happen. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, sure. but I know you've called a lot of cool Ranger games in your history and, and in your career, and um, you know, I've actually I've been at a lot of them, so I've never really gotten the chance to hear them live. But the Panarin Game Seven overtime winner. Where does that rank for you amongst Ranger moments? Not necessarily of the past decade, but you know, in your career and not even just calling it like the atmosphere of MSG. Yeah, that, no, that's certainly up there. Um, I was calling that game actually on TNT, mm-hmm. uh, not on the radio. I had worked game one on the radio, the triple overtime right. game. And then throughout that series, I think I did three games on TNT and uh, the other three on radio. I missed one of them due to another playoff assignment. Uh, but that game, first of all, let me, let me take you guys through that weekend. I was just yeah. writing about this in the book. So, in the playoffs, it's crazy uh, with 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 travel, and you know you never know if series are going to extend to a to a fifth, sixth, or seventh game. So yeah. a lot happens on the fly as far as the assignments and the travel. And then with me, it gets even trickier because I'm working for the network as well as MSG on the radio side. So so the Rangers are down three to one. They wind up winning game five, and then I work game six on TNT in Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. that was a Friday night beginning of a, a weekend, which turned into to a lot of fun for us. So I call the Friday night Ranger game on TNT. I think we were in Boston the night before, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for Boston and Carolina. I have to go mm-hmm. back and check. So Friday we're in Pittsburgh and 
the Rangers win to extend the series. The night before, I'm watching on TV as Tampa Bay wins in overtime. Braden Point scores in overtime in game six against Toronto. So I'm in Boston. I just finished the game. I'm back in the hotel. I'm watching this overtime knowing that if Tampa Bay wins to force a game seven, we would have that game on Saturday. So, you know, I'm rooting to work a game seven. You always want to work a game seven. right. So Toronto has all these chances to win the series in overtime and Vasilevsky's making incredible saves and finally point scores. All right. So now I'm up the next morning to travel to Pittsburgh from Boston. We worked the Rangers Penguins game six with the Rangers win. Now we had looked at some travel scenarios during the day. Not that easy to get from Pittsburgh to Toronto, not a lot of direct flights. So Eddie Olchek and I wind up taking a car service four hours from Pittsburgh to Buffalo, if you could follow this, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, we work. We're in th- Boston Thursday, Pittsburgh Friday. Rangers win. After the game, about eleven at night, we t- we get in a car, four hour ride to Buffalo. We stay at a Buffalo Airport hotel. The next day, about two o'clock, we leave in a car for Toronto, which is about an hour and a half, two hour trip. But we didn't even stay in Toronto. It was easier to take a car to Buffalo. So we pull into the arena in Toronto about 4.30, right down the loading dock. We never actually breathed the air in Toronto. <laughs> literally went from Buffalo in a car down the loading dock of the arena. We call game seven between the Leafs and the Lightning, which Tampa Bay wins two to one. Mm-hmm. The car is still waiting for us in the loading dock. We get back out. Go right to we Pittsburgh. Never, we were never outside in Toronto, despite being there for six hours and calling game seven. Back in the car, over the border. Because at that time, if you flew over the border, you still had to take a COVID test Mm -hmm. and you run the risk of a false positive and being quarantined. Driving over the border at that time, no test needed. Mm -hmm. So we go back to Buffalo, Buffalo, get there at like one in the morning. I sleep three hours, take a 5 a.m. flight back home, uh, sleep for a couple of hours. And then that night is the Rangers game seven. So if, if Toronto had won game six, we have that off day. Yeah. Don't go to Toronto. Uh, it was great. We got to go call a game seven. Not a lot of sleep again. Go home. You're running on adrenaline at this point. And then the Panarin goal takes place that night. So four straight days. We had the Boston game. Wow. Thursday, the Rangers game six in Pittsburgh, the trip to Buffalo, the game in Toronto game seven, and then game seven that night. So I'm calling it on TNT. And the Rangers are down, as you guys know, 3-2. You want to tie in the game late. And then it was just such an incredible atmosphere in overtime, as it normally is whenever I'm calling a a playoff game, especially a deciding game. You know, I remember the year before in Montreal, it's the first year that I'm calling the Cup on TV. And game four goes to overtime with with Tampa Bay up 3-0. So now my heart's pounding. I'm thinking, you know, this could be it. This could be the Cup. And if you remember, Tampa Bay had a four-minute power play. Shea Weber took a double minor. Mm Mm-hmm with like three minutes left in the third period, Montreal somehow kills it off. Tampa Bay had a power play going into overtime in that game for about a minute and they didn't score. And then Josh Anderson scores the game winner and the series goes back to Tampa. But you always have that adrenaline, that, that hard pumping when you go to overtime, Uh, you don't want to make a mistake. You want your call to be accurate. It's going to be played everywhere. And when Panarin scored, uh, I'm not sure if you guys heard my call. The game was also on MSG. It was a brief, uh, Artemi Panarin from the right circle, he shoots, he scores a little more enthusiastic. <laughs> I, I watched the replay many Panarin. times. Panarin, right wing circle, shoots, he scores. 
Rutgers. Then I, I, I shut up for almost two minutes. It's called laying out in the, in the broadcasting business on television in a big moment. Uh, when, when it, especially when it's the home team, because if it's the away team that scores, it's a little different because the crowd's quiet and you're not showing as many reaction shots of the celebrating uh, from the fans. Mm-hmm. But because it's the home team and Panarin scores, I got out of the way. I shut up. Uh, Phil Mushnick in the New York Post wrote about it. He timed it. It was a minute 56 seconds, no audio. I let our producer and director go to work, you know, showing the celebration on the ice, in the stands, uh, letting the, the viewers hear uh, what was going on as far as the crowd noise. Um, if that's a Penguin player that scores, it's a lot different. I probably start mm-hmm. talking after about 10 or 15 seconds. So uh, that certainly goes up there as far as my memorable calls uh, because it was A, a game seven, B, overtime, uh, C, tremendous atmosphere at the Garden. So that one, that's certainly high on the list. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, Johnny and I were both at that game, and we just yeah. – I, 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 I felt like I couldn't see. Once, Honestly, once top that night of my life. Like, that was yeah. so fun. It was yeah. a crazy series. I mean, you had yeah. the triple overtime game. You know, Louis Domingue eating the eating the uh, spicy the pork, pork. Yeah. spicy pork. New York was, Ranger Louis Domingue. Ranger, by the way, eating the <laughs> spicy pork. Uh, Shosturkin makes seventy nine saves in yeah. game one. Winds up losing three two. You know, then they wind up winning the next game, then getting blown out in the two games in Pittsburgh, which was so uncharacteristic. And they battled their way back and won games five and six, and then the Panarin overtime goal. You know, it's crazy, and you guys know you both played. There's such a good feeling surrounding the Rangers coming off the playoff run. They yeah. won in Carolina in seven. They never had a lead as far as games in either of those two series until they won game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, they trailed Carolina uh, also uh, throughout most of that series. So, yep. you know, to come back and win that series, they have the 2 nothing lead against Tampa, 2 nothing in game three, unfortunately – uh, can't get it done, but there's such a positive feeling because of how deep they went, right. uh, the experience that uh, all of the young players gained in the postseason. But, you know, you think how close it was if, if Pittsburgh wins game five or six or if the Penguins score in overtime in game seven, there's, there's a totally different feeling. So it totally. can, it can really turn on a dime. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Are, are you cool with like one more each, Kenny? Oh, absolutely. I'm good. Cool. Johnny, you want to you wanna shoot first? I'm going to finish off on a fun one. Uh, you got to travel around the TNT crew a bunch, but who gets recognized more in public in the year 2022, Wayne Gretzky or Paul Bissonette? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, we spent so much time with, with Wayne Biz as well, but Wayne uh, during that Edmonton, Colorado series, um, for me, it was among the most fun uh, couple of weeks that I've ever had professionally because Wayne loves to sit around and tell stories. Mm-hmm. and whether you, you're hearing it for the first time or the seventh time, it, it's still just as great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably had, and by we, I'm talking about, you know, Eddie and Keith Jones and myself and some of the other guys on our crew. Uh, we probably had 12 meals with, with Wayne, Rick Tockett. Um, Biz was at a couple of them. Anson was at a couple of them. But uh, Paul Coffey w- was hanging around with us. Uh, he works for the Oilers as a consultant, teammate of Wayne, of course, and, it was great to get to know Paul as well. And uh, no, in Edmonton, Wayne is still, you know, even though it's been so long since he played there, uh, he still gets mobbed and, and he's so nice to the fans and anybody that comes up to him for a picture or an autograph. But 
I'll tell you what, Biz has become uh, uh, quite a celebrity in his own right. We were all together. We went to a junior game. I had never been to a junior hockey game in Canada. And the Edmonton Oil Kings were playing the Seattle Thunderbirds on the off day between the two games, three and four in Edmonton. So we went as a group, uh, all of us, uh, you know, the guys that I mentioned. And the arena is only a block away from the hotel, the JW Marriott, where we were staying. And we all congregate in the lobby. There's about 10 of us. And we start walking. And Wayne Wayne says, hey, uh, you guys want to take a picture in front of my statue? (laughs) Sure enough, and we're taking a picture with Wayne in front of his statue outside the arena in Edmonton. And then we went, we sat in a suite, watched the game. And it was, you know, as, as such a hockey fan, uh, it was so enlightening to be sitting in front of Wayne Gretzky and Paul Coffey and listening to their conversation uh, and Rick Tockett talking about what was going on on the ice during this junior game. It was a lot of fun. That's great. That's awesome. And the video of him doing the intro is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was right there for that. Um, yeah. I, I took some video on my phone. Uh, that was also Wayne's idea. He said, why don't we go down and uh, chat with the coaches and players and, and we'll have Biz do the lineups. So we were all down there. Unfortunately, you know, I'll, I'll have this memory. It was right when it was during game three of the Rangers series and they had it on on a television in the area, you know, where we were while they were doing that, the lineups and the intros. And it was right when uh, when Tampa Bay tied the game and it took mm. the game three. So I'll always mm, yeah. fortunately that that's where I was when that took place, but it was a, it was a memorable day. And one of the Ranger draft picks, uh, a big six, seven center named uh, Rempe, Matthew Rempe. Two goals in that game. So I was keeping a close eye on him uh, during that junior game at Edmonton. Um, All right. I think for, for the last one here, um, I'm going to tailor it again towards Rangers fans. And, you know, we can all agree. Sam Rosen is one of the best to ever do it. Yep, and it's absolutely. been such a treat watching him over the years. And I know, of course, you do MSG radio. But as Sam gets closer to retirement, is that something you would consider taking on being the Rangers' next play-by-play announcer? Because I personally think you would be a fantastic fit. Well, I appreciate it. I hope Sam works as long as he wants to. So um, yeah, I've been at MSG as the radio voice of the Rangers since 95. Uh, have so many unbelievable memories. Love working with Dave Maloney. Uh, so fortunate to be involved. Uh, in so many different sports, NFL yeah. now, year 29 is coming up, uh, Rangers on the radio, TNT. I slide over and work about 20 Knicks games on uh, the MSG television side when Mike Breen's on a national assignment, baseball for Fox. So love my schedule, have loved every minute of being the, the radio voice of the Rangers and uh, have so many great memories. I, I usually sit next to Sam on the plane. We yeah. haven't traveled in a couple of years, uh, you know, following the pandemic. So many of the away games we've done from a studio in New York, although it's it's going to get uh, closer to normal with this coming season. But uh, I love Sam, one of the best uh, of all time. And uh, I was there in 2016 when when he received the Foster Hewitt Award uh, at the Hockey Hall of Fame. One broadcaster uh, is awarded with that every year. So a great person. And again, uh, hopefully he works as long as he wants to. Yeah, honestly, I we always say that we're like kind of spoiled as Ranger fans to have so such spoiled. Good, you know, uh, the the whole team ac- across all boards. Like, oh, absolutely, Nicoletti and Dave Maloney are among the yeah. best business of what they do. John Giannone and uh, all the other Valley. guys, you know, yeah. Valley, Henrik Lundqvist. So, mm-hmm. Ranger fans are real fortunate. Uh, I, I think Joe, I'd put him right up there among the top analysts. In, in oh, he's fantastic! In, yeah, in all sports. I work so many games with him on NBC and. 
uh, he, he's so well respected. You know, it, it was big shoes to fill when John Davidson left. I know you guys were young, but I remember uh, it. Joe's yeah. right up there in that same category. But um, Kenny, we want to thank you so much for doing this. We know you got a lot on your plate coming up here, so we wish you the best of luck. And obviously, we'll uh, look forward to keeping touch with you during the season. All right, thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Cody. It was a lot of fun, and uh, definitely look forward to doing it again soon. Likewise. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, guys. We really want to thank our friend Kenny Albert for coming on. Always great to talk to him and hear his stories and get excited for next season with TNT coming back for their second year and taking over the Stanley Cup final. It should be an awesome year, and we're not too far away. Uh, Cody, any final thoughts before we kind of wrap it up here? Not many. I'm just thinking it's so crazy. He was born three months premature. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. One of the one of the best play by play guys. Just one pound. Wild. One pound. One pound. Yeah. Ounces. That's he he was just he was probably just ahead. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> nuts. Like it's wild. Nuts. Uh, but big um, thanks to cool talked about it also. I, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually looking forward to reading that book. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, he just texted me. He'll, he'll sign, send me a signed <laughs> copy and not you. So it's cool. Sounds good. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. We don't really have much else this week. We're going to come out with another episode, but Tuesday because Monday is Labor Day. So we all hope you enjoy your Labor Day weekend. We have a really good interview coming up. That we're gonna be dropping. It's a current NHL player. He's not a Ranger, but he is playing in the NHL right now. So it will be a very fun listen. He's a really cool guy. So we're excited to drop that. He's the man. But that wraps it up. We love you guys. Have a good Labor Day. We'll talk to you Tuesday. LFGR. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.